0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby Say the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the kennel, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. And Ross is sitting there, and he's telling us about getting back from... Va- you know, we were asking about the vacation that they went on. I don't really recall where they'd gone to. And Ross is sitting there, he's like... The vacation was great, and he told us all about it and all that. And I remember him getting really excited and going into detail. And, he's, and he said, but when we got home, it was the worst thing in the world. I said, well, what happened? He said, we walked in and immediately knew that we had made the biggest mistake ever. And he's like, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, well, come on, tell me. He said, the night before we left, we had cooked some chicken And we had skinned the chicken, and we had thrown it in the trash. And then we went on vacation for a solid week. And they walked into the house to the smell of chicken that had been rotting because they had turned the air conditioner down. (laughs) I mean, this... So Ross is sitting there, and we had the same reaction y'all just did. Oh. But I wish you could have been there. Because see... I didn't actually smell it. I can envision it. But see, Ross, he smelled it. And so he's sitting there and he's like, I walked in and we all walked in and we walked right back out. And Lee made me go in there and empty the trash. (laughs) You know, this is Ross talking. And I was like, oh man, that stinks. Sorry about that. That was kind of a bad pun. But anyway, so he said, I went in there and he said, I was trying to hold my breath and he said, I had my nose like this. I was trying to hold my breath. He said, I could smell it on my tongue. And it is at this point, I am literally sitting at the head of the table. My wife is sitting here. And I think even Griffin and Riley might have been there. And Ross is at the end of the table. And he goes, and I walked up to that garbage sack. And I'm holding my nose. And, he's, and he said, and I reached out. And I thought, what just happened? And I thought he was demonstrating what happened, and he said, "And so I got it, and I was like, and I looked at, I looked at my wife, and I was like, what is happening?" And he said, "He said, I'm sorry, I'm getting queasy just talking about." It. I said, "Dude, if you're gonna throw up on my kitchen table, I can imagine how bad it is." He goes, "No, I just need to get it out." And I was like, "No, no, you don't. You don't need to get it out. We can, we can sure." And he said. I can't eat chicken to this day. He said, Anytime I see, I was like, Just stop, okay? Stop. What if, you know, do not throw up. But, you know, I was saying that and I was sitting there laughing. And, you know, you hate to laugh at somebody, but, you know, I, I know some people that, that don't, uh, that have a very sensitive sense of smell. I love y'all. If you're one, please come talk to me because I'd love to be around you sometimes. You know, like when you're calving or... It gets pretty rough. Oh my gosh. You know, that smell in that situation, isn't it funny how certain smells can make an unforgettable impact on your life? He said, I'll never forget that the rest of my life. And and what's funny is that we've been talking about 2 Corinthians... Second Corinthians, there it is, 2nd Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. Now we've already been over this part right here. This is actually the mark number one and mark number two of authentic Christianity. But thanks be to God. We talked about how a Christian, you'll know that there are Christians by their unmistakable optimism that we always give thanks and and that and and being optimistic comes from being thankful it comes from being content and then last week we talked about where it says but thanks be to God and God always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ in other words we have unmistakable success that does not mean that everything always turns out like we do but even the greatest tragedy in the world Jesus Christ coming and living a perfect life and dying on the cross A lot of people wouldn't call that success, but you know what that did? That was successful because He paid for the sins of all of us, and He became the first fruits to be raised from the dead so that we can all do that also. So a lot of times things don't turn out like we want them to. We talked about the verse that says, God works for the good in all things for those that believe in Christ Jesus. That doesn't mean that that everything is going to turn out like you want, but God has a way of taking tragedy and turning it into triumph. And today, We are going to talk about 14, 15, and 16. The verses continue. It says, And through us spreads the the, uh, the fragrance of knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance or smell from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Now see, here at Save the Cowboy, we're not just going to... We want you to smile. We want you to laugh because this isn't about a a guy that's dead. This is about a guy that's alive. And and, and Christianity is not about... Jesus did not come and lived a perfect life and die on the cross to make bad men good. He came to make dead men alive. And here at Save the Cowboy, this is a clinic. I'm not just trying to fill you with information. We are trying to teach you about how to ride for God. And I guarantee you, when you came in here today, you wouldn't have thought that we was going to be talking about fragrances. And, you know, I'll be honest, man, this is a pretty... I mean, if you want to talk about, like, hard-to-understand Bible verses, this would probably rank right up there near the top. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing, to one a fragrance from death to death, the other a fragrance from life to life. Now, let me explain just a little bit here. Okay? This is going to be... I know how confusing this is. Okay? But I'm going to put it in terms that you can understand. Now, Rome, Italy was not a very big country, but they were the most powerful, and they spread. I mean, at one time, man, they had conquered a lot of the known world. Well, they don't have enough people to you know, send from Rome out there to keep the peace. So what would happen is this general, whoever it would be, this general would go and he would conquer this land, right? And then he would bring back a bunch of the leaders and the captives and all of this stuff. And when he would bring them back to Rome, and this is in this day and age, whenever you know, Rome is even occupying Israel. Whenever they would bring them back, the Senate in Rome, when the general got there of conquering another land, they would have a triumphal procession. Okay, the general's in his general's chariot. By the way, we need to save the cowboy chariot. There's no doubt about it. We've got to have one. We, yeah, we need a chariot and, you know, so has to have a dally horn on it though. And um, so anyway, they're in this chariot and they're going along and, you know, back then they didn't have roll-on deodorant. You know what I mean? So there was a lot of incense and fragrances and everything. Well, walking at the head... Of this triumphal procession were the captives that the general had just like captured their country, right? These are leaders from that part of wherever they had just conquered, and they are going along, and the people in front are carrying the incense. They are proclaiming Rome's greatness. These are the people from that land that are going to go back and rule it for Rome. Okay, so they've got these incense jars and they're throwing rose petals and they're leading the way and this this beautiful fragrance is, is wafting through the procession, right? I bet you didn't think you'd hear wafting at church today either. But bringing up the rear are the captives that are in chains that refuse to bow to Rome, and as they're walking in, the captives in front, they have sworn allegiance to Rome. They're going to go back and rule. They're, They're good, right? But the ones in back, those are the ones that are sentenced to death. Now, they're all smelling the same thing. So to some, that fragrance, the ones that were in the front, was a fragrance of life. But that exact same fragrance to the ones that were in chains dragging along That wasn't a sweet smell. It was the fragrance of death. So what it says right here, for with the aroma of Christ, God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing, to one a fragrance from death to death and the other... A fragrance from life to life. A buddy of mine that's got a cowboy church up there, uh, Fort Collins, this guy, this young kid had come to Christ, and he said, man, I'm just having a hard time. He said, man, my friends quit talking to me, and they call me a Bible thumper now and all of this stuff, and I don't, know, I don't know why they're treating me different. <laughs> and Scott told him, he said, well, it's because you stink. He said, what? And he said, because it's because you stink. And he said, spell that. He said, stank, S-T-I-N-K, stink." <laughs> and so, anyway, this is what he was talking about. To those of us that know Christ, man, that sweet smell of eternal salvation, of knowing that we don't have to depend upon ourselves, knowing that we are a part of something bigger, knowing that we are on the winning team no matter what happens down here, that is the sweet fragrance of life. But some people... That fragrance is, is the other way around. They think it's dumb. They, they shun it and everything. So um, that's a, the that's a Roman triumphal parade. And, and to give you a little bit of more cultural relevance, have you ever noticed a, uh, have you ever driven by a feedlot? How many of us think a feedlot smells good? <laughs> yeah, all the cowboys' hands just went up. All the ladies' hands are like, that's stupid. To some, it smells like manure. What does it smell like to us? Money. <laughs> right? And, and it, it, this is what this means. To some, it's the same fragrance, but to some, it stinks, and some, it smells great. You know, a, a feed light. How about a horse barn? You ever walked into a horse barn? I mean, you know, you, you walk in there, and, and some people, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm this way. If I'm having a hard time or a bad day, go get on your horse, right? Man, it just kind of just kind of all drains away, right? There's a peace that comes over you. A lot of people walk into a horse barn, and man, they just immediately they just like, oh man, this is this is full of peace and peaceful. And others like, this is just full of pee. You know, that's that's all, uh, all I can smell. Ah, you know, it stinks in here. Or, how about a branding? I've never been so proud of my son in all of my life. He's sitting there with a the back leg pulled back, and they're branding that calf and He goes, It smells good, Dad. And I was like, I oh, know. <laughs> I'm so proud. Thank you, God. Oh, God it it's true, and he get teary eyed. I was just like, oh, I just really hold you. And it was Ty, not Griffin. It was awkward. <laughs> <coughs> I didn't hold him for long. But he did lay his head on my shoulder. That was kind of sweet. Yeah, I won't tell. I won't, I'll show the picture. I won't tell them. A lot of people smell pain when, when they're branding. But, but we don't look at pain, we look at purpose. We look at it as, as bringing that calf into the fold. We say, you know what? You belong to us, and we're going to care for you. You are one of us now. And isn't that what God does to us? He says that the, the refiner's fire, the brand. Yeah, there's some pain involved, but at the same time, that pain leads to an adoption. We become sons and daughters of God. This is what this verse is talking about. For we're the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death, and the other, a fragrance from life. To life. So what does all of this mean? The third mark of authentic Christianity. The first one was unmistakable optimism. The second was unmistakable success. And this one, it means that a Christian that's writing for God, following Jesus, writing for Him, no longer thinking about themselves, but thinking about other people, can make an unmistakable impact. An unmistakable impact. No one ever met Jesus. Think about this. Read your Bibles. No one ever met Jesus, who is the source of authentic Christianity, not religion, because He came and just shot holes all through the religion part of it. And He taught us how to actually ride for Him and what God really, really wants. No one ever met Jesus, the source of authentic Christianity, and walked away the same person. He made people better, Or in the case of the religious people, He made them bitter. But you know what? Unmistakable impact, He never, people around you never remain the same. And people that met Jesus back in that day and people that are meeting Him today, they never remain the same. Jesus says, if you remain in me, then I remain in you. And one of the marks of authentic Christianity is that Jesus lives within you and you will make an unmistakable impact on people. Is there a verse that can tell us how this happens? Hey, pardon me for just a second. We're fixing to hit the backside of this pasture, so it's time to step off and cinch them up. While we're down here, I wanna see if you can help us out. We really do need a hand in this ministry, and the fact that you're listening right now means that you're riding with us. All you have to do is text Save the Cowboy, all one word, to 77977, and you can help us out in less time than it would take to pull your rope down. Again, text Save the Cowboy, all one word, to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. Thanks for the hand, Pards. One of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, and this is how we are able to make an unmistakable impact on the people and the world around us, is. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God did not give us a spirit of fear and timidity, but one of power, love, and self-control. See, have you been living like maybe paycheck to paycheck and, and you're just scared that if, if one more thing happens that, that things are just going to crumble? Have you been afraid of, of losing somebody, that, that you're enduring things that you shouldn't? is something controlling you? Do you have an addiction? Do you have do you have a problem saying no to something or someone in your life? Whatever you are going through, know this that if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, no longer do you have to live in a spirit of fear and timidity. But what God wants for your life is for you to make an unmistakable impact on your family, on your friends, <coughs> Excuse me, doctor's appointment tomorrow. Uh, Unmistakable impact on your family, on your friends, on your community. And how we do that is through power, love, and self-control. So what does that look like? Unmistakable impact. The very first thing that it says right here is one of power unmistakable impact. Look at this verse, 1 Corinthians 4.10. Man, you want to talk, I've, I've read most of the Bible, and sometimes you just skip over something, but man, every once in a while something will jump up and grab you. 1 Corinthians 4.20, I said, I said 10, sorry, 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God, whenever you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you become part of that branding team. Just like we did yesterday. You become part of a team. That is the kingdom of God. All of us that say that we ride for God, that is the name of our outfit. The kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. Man, that is a powerful, powerful, powerful verse. It's so powerful I can't even speak Texan anymore. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but of power. See, people won't remember... What you have to say, they remember action. They remember what you do. See, anybody can walk around and talk about this and talk about that and talk about this and what they believe and everything. But you know what is impactful is when you live what you are talking about. Better yet, if you don't talk about it at all and you just show it through your action, through your courage, through your selflessness, putting other people first. You want to have power in your life? Do you feel powerless? You don't have to. For God did not give us a spirit of fear and timidity, but one of power and love and self-control. 1 Corinthians 4.20, For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. People don't care what you have to say. They want to see what you do. They want to see how you live. And here's here's a bold question that I think needs to be asked. If somebody, if you were to take away all of your words and only look at your actions, would people know that you are a Christian? If you have an authentic ride with God, that doesn't mean that you're perfect. It means that you're part of something bigger than yourself. Unmistakable impact, power. The second one, unmistakable impact is love. For God did not give us a a spirit of fear and timidity, but one of power and love. John 15, 13 says, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you know what, the, the object of this might seem like, you know, sacrificing yourself for your friends. And, and, and you could take this a direction, but you know what? It says you're, you're not gonna be able to die for somebody unless you have a friend. You wanna make an, unfri- an unmistakable impact on the world? Have some friends. Invest in somebody else. Don't just be a taker, be a giver. If you can't give to somebody a part of yourself, you're not going to be able to make the ultimate sacrifice for one's self. For somebody else, I mean. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Make friends. Bring your friend to someone will change their lives. Being a friend to someone is going to change their lives. Invest in somebody. Call somebody. You know that person that you haven't talked to in a while? Pick up the phone, call them. Or or maybe, you know what, there's a four-letter word that has become absolutely the most hated word, and and, and if I could, I would ban it from my house. And that four-letter word is busy. Isn't that the excuse that we use for not being there with our friends? And I'm the world's worst about it. Oh, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. You know, we don't do the things that we should do because we're busy, and chances are, If somebody asks you to do something or God lays something on your heart and you say to yourself, I'm just too busy, that is a four-letter word for I am making excuses. And you're talking to the king of them right here. you got to invest in people. You want to... And don't worry about who's going to be your friend. You just be a friend to whoever God puts in your life. And I guarantee you, he's not, you know, I mean, luckily I've got, you know, a, a... Quite a few cowboys in here that I'm, I'm pretty close, personal friends with. But you know what? God doesn't always bring you the people put in your life, the people that are, are just like you, that have the same uh, gifts and, and you like to do the same things. It doesn't happen sometimes. There's no greater love. You want to make an unmistakable impact on the world? Become powerful like God called you to be and act in love like he told us to. And the last one unmistakable impact you they will know you are a christian they will know that you ride for god when they see this exhibited in your life self-control titus 3 2 to speak evil of no one to avoid quarreling to be gentle and to show perfect courtesy courtesy towards all people Does that, is that, I mean, come on, let's really, and I'm just going to use, I'm going to point out a cowboy in here, I don't mean to embarrass him, but the preacher (laughs) uh, doesn't really do these all the time, but I'm trying. If somebody, if you were to pass away suddenly, would they write this on your tombstone? He spoke evil of no one. He avoided quarrels. And you know what quarrels is? Quarrels isn't standing up for what you believe in. Quarreling is like That's why I don't even watch any of those stupid political debates anymore. Fire all of them. Tie for president. I'm going to be your secretary of agriculture. Secretary of branding. That's what I want to be. Okay. Is that what they would write on your tombstone? To speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy towards all people, not just those people that you like. But how about that person that is completely opposite of you? Does this describe you? If you want to make an unmistakable impact in your world, if you want an unmistakable impact in your own life, do not have a spirit of fear and timidity, but one of power, one of love. And one of self-control. We could work on this right here, Titus 3.2, for the rest of our lives. And you know when you can start that? Right now. You can start that right now. Unmistakable impact. Unmistakable. Are you characterized by unmistakable optimism? Or are you one of these that's always complaining? And, and it becomes so second nature. A lot of times we don't even realize that we're complaining. We're just always... Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, that's not going to... Share God's love and God's power. That's not self-control. Get up. Do something. Become who you were meant to be. And who you were meant to be is not somebody that's scared of this world and what's going to happen and walking around on eggshells and tippy-toeing, scared you're going to hurt somebody's feelings or that somebody's going to say something that's just going to, oh, I don't know why he talks about me like that. Ah. Stand up. Be a man. Be a woman. For God did not give us a spirit of fear and timidity, but one of power, love, and self-control." Whenever I was, it's been a long time ago, so it must have been like three or four years ago, and uh, I, I, had a, I had a job interview, and I was without a job, and uh, I had two job interviews, one with the oil field company and one with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Some of you have heard this story. But to make a long story short, I made it through four interviews, enterprise rent-a-car, what do you call it, interviews, right? I made it through four interviews, and every interview they said, do you have a college degree? And I said, no. And they said, we only hire people that have college degrees. Yet, but I called back for each consecutive interview, and that's what they told me every single time, right? And this this is a long time ago. I don't know how they do it now, and it might have been just that office. But the starting salary was $60,000 in like two months. Goes by, and my savings account is dwindling fast. Well, I had applied with an oilfield company called McCarty Equipment, and I they said, "Yeah, we'll hire you," and they said, "We'll start you out at twenty-four thousand a year." I'm like, whew, that's gonna be a little bit tight. That's gonna be a little bit tight. And I said, "Well, I've got this, you know, deal with Enterprise Rent-A-Car," and they said, "Well, if that doesn't work out, holler at us because you know we sure understand." I was like, "Okay." So after two months, I'm driving to Fort Stockton, Texas, see my family. And I just have this feeling, and I just called up, and I said, can I speak with Kelly McCarty, please? They put him on the line. I said, Mr. McCarty? He said, that's my dad. I said, this is Kevin Weatherby. I interviewed with you for the job in Odessa. He goes, yeah, Kevin, how are you doing? I said, good. I said, sir, if you'll hire me, I'll do you a good job. He said, when do you want to start? I said, I can be there in the morning at 7 o'clock. He said, be there at 7.30, talk to you later. That was it. I was like, man, isn't that awesome? 20 minutes later, my cell phone rings. Hey, Kevin, this is Chip from Enterprise Rent-A-Car. How you doing? I'm doing good. He said, I got some good news for you. I said, oh, yeah? He said, yeah. He said, you ready to go to work? And my stomach just fell. Come back next week and I'll tell you what I told him. <laughs> God, we thank you so much for your message today. God, help all of us to make an unmistakable impact on this world. Why? Because Jesus Christ has made an unmistakable impact upon our lives. No more do we have to live in fear and timidity, but we have a sense of power and love and self-control. And God, I know you're talking to that cowboy and cowgirl out there right now. You're just really pressing it on them and they're really fighting it. But God, I just pray that you give them the courage to finally just give up the control of their own lives and just give it to you so that you can start making that unmistakable impact in their lives and that they can turn around. And do the same for others, for that is our true purpose. Thank you for allowing us to ride in your outfit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.